are kind of crazy, really psychedelic. And like multiple voices are talking all at once, it's like driving you absolutely nuts. Sounds great. Perfect podcast. Yeah, let's put this, put this live. This is the new podcast. Yeah, quite awkward. We'll do like a, we're going to do like a fucking blended jam of a show, right? So welcome. This is, we don't even know what this is. Maybe it's Radio Free Earth today. Maybe it's a brand new thing. Maybe it's uh, Smokey Joe and St. Germain understand the world. Yeah. It's halfway what's good. It's what's good on the earth. Yeah. We're here with uh, my friend Eric Branstad. Hi, Eric. See, look look up there. Woo! And then watch. And now look right here. Yeah! Camera one. Camera two. Camera one. Camera two. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Awesome. 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 Yep. So I'm going to roll a joint. Uh, Just a quick intro. Um, Eric, I'm kind of introduced to Joe, and that will introduce you to everybody. Eric is a flower judge with me. Um, He's also, I believe, one of the founders of Forever Flowering Greenhouses, right? I was there at the beginning. Okay. Right. He was there at the beginning of Forever Flowering, and then Eric's been all over the country and all over California really helping people with larger scale cultivations to refine their practices and basically try to unfuck their whole weed situation. And uh, I've seen him do it with the Beard Bros and with some other folks from a distance quite successfully. And uh, Eric also, despite how you, you're like our age, right? 48. So despite being our age, somehow Eric has fucking Instagram whooped. And he's like, he knows how to post and the reshare and the thing. And so I always look up to you that. not as good as everybody. It's way more advanced. Than, okay. Yeah. Well, it's just, it, it's nice. So thank you. Welcome, bro. I appreciate that. Thank awesome. you very much. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to roll a joint. And then if you don't mind, um, Joe and I were talking, uh, I'm going to let him just finish out a story real quick, but definitely uh, chime in. Yeah. And it's about, um, so Joe and I lived in LA, right? Okay. And Joe was really got highly attuned to the 405, which we live near. It's like seven lanes of traffic, two direction. And it's a rush hour from like seven in the morning to 11 at night. And it's literally, I lived, uh, I was going to add this. I lived, boom, I'm trying to learn how to live direct because Anthony's got this cool switcher. Um, I lived on Sepulveda, which actually abuts the, four, you know, runs uh, parallel to the 405. And when I lived on Sepulveda, I would have to dust every two days and I would get this crazy black dust on all my shit. Yeah. And then I moved out of there and then Joe starts telling me about the 405 and the, what he called the toxic river of madness. And I was like, dude, that's what I was dusting off my fucking lifestyle. Like every two days, yeah, I live next to that thing. But yeah. so, so hit Sepulveda. it. Sepulveda. I remember when I first seen Sepulveda, I'm like, Sepulveda? Right. I, I, came out, I came out here on a train, <clears throat> a train with my bicycle, my portfolio, and uh, 180 bucks, not knowing anybody, wanting to get into the movie business. And within three weeks, woohoo, I was working for the king of B-movies, Roger Corman. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, anyways, I had a bunch of movie ideas and this and that. And like we were just talking about like... <clears throat> living down in LA and getting stuck on a 405 and you just see an endless, endless cars as, as far as the eye could see, just red lights snaking this way and white lights snaking, snaking this way, you know, it's just a toxic river of madness and everybody just sitting in their car like, Meh, not going anywhere, looking like Meh, one person in the car and all this vapor. And you didn't, then we lived on Venice beach there and you just uh, saw all the smog just go into the ocean at night. And it was just like, Wow, look at all that stuff. And anyways, uh, yeah, I came I, I came out here. I, I had a cartoon called Bike Man, and it was this dude that kind of There it is. It was a uh, uh one man who kind of bicycled against the madness, you know, and uh kept on getting hit by cars and uh, uh just uh you know, had the whisper in his head like, man, you gotta 
do something about this oil, man. Like I always questioned oil. Like everything is perfect in the, in this in this bubble that we live on, and oil took millions of years to make supposedly, and it's got to be in the ground for something. It's in the car to cool and lubricate. Uh, it's a pretty scary thing to think if it's in the ground to cool and lubricate because George Bush and these cats sucked out oceans of it and got rich on it and hooked the whole world on this yes. dirty, dark power, you know? Uh, and, you know, and even people that are trying to, you know, do something different or talk against it, well, I just bought a bunch of gas today to get me here. You know? Well, we're kind of so we're kind of trapped in, on it. We're currently trapped in a in a game that's greater than ourselves. And I was talking to people this about the some current event shit that I promise that I'm not discussing. Uh, but in in that, because people are, are mad in all these different ways, and I even have some people that have. Long long story short, uh, the thing I tried to communicate in, to these people in their time of stress because they were really uh, sent, like hard on themselves is. We're right. We're trapped in a system that's 10, 12,000 years old. It's based on ecological trauma and PTSD from a major comet strike. And we're trapped. In, and the glory of this capitalist system is that no matter what you do, you're going to be insincere. I moved up to Mendo in the early 2000s to build shit with wood fasteners using no metal and learn how to pickle and permaculture and, and, and grow weed and have freedom. And even then, like, they still got me. There was still stuff that was made from plastic, still stuff made from mm. China, still times that I had to run, you know, run the gas. And, and, and so I think that, uh, you know, we all have to be attuned to the fact that you can do your best, even though it, it still feels at times like you might be insincere or hypocritical. And we all have to forgive ourselves a little bit of hypocrisy, I think, because, man, we're fucking just trying and we're just shitty regular people. At least me, dude. I'm just yeah. like a shitty regular dude that's trying hard and always fucks up. So. Well, it takes a little spark to start a fire, you know, and uh, a spark can start from an ordinary person, you know. Uh, I mean, some people have given up hope and, like, it just doesn't work. The political thing doesn't work. And, I mean, the artists just, you know, they can't, they can't give up and uh, try to get some art out, try to maybe make a spark to make a fire. And everybody says, yeah, we got to really look out of those ways. And when I wrote Bike Man, this movie that I had to, well, the cartoon, to make into a movie and I, I even brought it to Oliver Stone's office in the rain and stuff dripping my screenplay you know like ah. yeah then they sent it right back to me and they're like we can't take unsolicited stuff you got to have an agent and stuff it's like yeah that figures so I'm gonna pivot here and say uh one of the ways that we all agree the three of us especially that uh that we can start putting effort into saving the world is starting to manufacture more things with hemp yes oh yeah yeah I mean <clears throat> real quick that's a great topic to kind of dovetail what you guys were saying is that, you know, the being easy on the being easy on the hypocrisy is mm. really important right now because the small farmer is the artist. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at big farms, small farm uh, distribution, retail and all these things, I mean, within our own industry, especially in California, the hypocrisy is huge right now. Yeah. Everybody's really divisive on all those particular points. Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting ugly out there sometimes. And, well, and we have all these stores that uh, we have all these stores that claim they support the farmers, but how do you support the farmers when you're offering them 400 bucks for weed? There's exactly. a lot of catchphrases out there, and I think money. the catchphrases, yeah. yeah, the money, the catchphrases, you know, the the desperation is starting to show in some yeah. cases, and so yeah. with desperation makes bad choices. You know, we've never made a good choice in a desperate moment. I don't think. Yeah, no, sir. Exactly. No, sir. Desperation breeds insanity. Yeah. Right, and so. <clears throat> Um, I think, uh, you know, the hemp is a great alternative in some cases. You know, 
depending on who you talk to right now and things like that, the smokable flower is getting really popular. And to get smokable it really is. flower to look like cannabis is the goal. Mm-hmm. And so the genetics are developing. <clears throat> you know, it's not, you know, this name industrial hemp kind of fucked the whole program up because now everybody thinks rope and, and, and seeds and industrial right. harvesters. Yeah. Which is valid, but it but then all of a sudden you're like, I'm smoking something that's industrial? What the fuck's up with that? Yeah, yeah. And so really <laughs> what we're going back to is that it's a law that people found, you know, different variations of, I guess, maybe you could say a loophole or a different way to look at it, a different perspective. And that perspective is smoking something that's rich in terpenes, even though it's low in THC. I th- I'm into it. And, and it, it, you know, it's better than smoking brick in some cases. It's better than tobacco. Uh, tobacco. And a lot of people are saying that's the new alternative to tobacco. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's healthy. Yeah. Right. And but it's not getting you high so you can maintain and smoke all day. And, and the thing I keep asking people for, I wish, dude, I mean, I wish that someone would do this is fresh frozen live terps. But in a CBD cart, I think it's being worked on. Because I, mean, I just want to chuff fucking terpenes all day, and I get yeah. one of those pens, yeah, and I'm just like boot, 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 and then all of a sudden, oh, whoops, we this we have trouble with this camera. You guys, we'll yeah. just keep going. But anyway, I'll put you know I start putting that thing, and then halfway through the day, I'm in Mystic Shaman Land, and I'm just like, fuck, dude, I did not mean to go there, you know. I think it's really uh, happening. I went to a hemp convention in Texas uh, years ago in 2019, and it was fascinating how. It was just like going to a, a, a cannabis convention here in California. I mean, you had uh, tables with the boutique, you know, jars, ounces, eights, little packs of seeds, big packs of seeds, lotions, salves, the whole deal. And then you'd go to another booth, and they were just selling pounds. you go to another booth, and there was tractors and seedlings and planters. Okay. And, I mean, it was the mixed bag. And then there was people out front smoking joints. Right. And it was all hemp joints, you know what I mean? And it was easy to distinguish when somebody lit up the OG Kush from California because <laughs> yeah. everybody's hands turned. But yeah. I was like, what? You know, what, me? It's hemp, you know. Uh, but it was cool for a second. They were driving hemp all the way down to have markets down in the south and things like that. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think, you know, for, for, for everybody's engagement into the plant, I mean, I think it's great because people are stoked on it. It's it's kind of like the yes. gateway in, in exactly. the United States. Like, exactly. If you can't fuck with it, here's this. Yes. Get your feet wet. <clears throat> oh, wow, it, medi- it, it provides a benefit. Yes. Medically speaking, yes. economically. Yes. And if we jump to this smokable flower and the genetics are getting to where they are now, and I guess Germany's right. a big buyer of all this stuff, oh. Italy, like uh, people prefer to smoke hemp flower in a lot of these other countries and, and we're not aware of that here so yeah sure. yeah wow well yeah, a oh, weird fact about north korea they like uh they smoke weed instead of tobacco you're not that loud there. oh yeah okay yeah, go. cuddle up to that motherfucker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was trying to get away like no 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 you're good loud you're good yeah yeah well and the thing the thing with the the hemp is like anything to turn these motherfuckers out you know what i'm saying anything yeah. anything at all to turn these businessmen out like they're like hemp. I'm like, oh yeah, hemp. Yes, yes, yes. Because then what's gonna happen is like folks like us can be near them and start being like psh, psh, mushrooms, psh, psh, weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you start getting into flexion to these other things. And I'm like, oh. And the biggest thing I've been doing is all the legal hemp events and weed events and any of those events I go to. Anytime I see any of those business chats, I'm just straight up like, dude, mushrooms. Oh my god, you're gonna 10x the money you make because I know how to fucking talk to those motherfuckers. That's a good one. I'm like straight up. I'm like, you're gonna 10x your money. These things are perfect. They put people in the MRI and it just improves their brain. They're like, really? It's like, oh yeah, they're so they're so cheap and like, because if we get those guys, is my theory is we get those guys to fucking jump in the game, we get mushrooms out. 
mushrooms are going to do it themselves. Mm, right. Like we get enough people doing mushrooms and like the thing, the, th the book's going to write itself because mm. it did it to me. I'm going to assume it did it for you guys as well. It's just about getting that critical mass of people being like, wait a minute. Are you from Earth, bro? You're from Earth, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah. Joe, you're from Earth? Hey. Dude, me too, bro. Yeah. So that means that we're actually all related. And, yeah. and if we're all related and everybody we meet from Earth, yeah. they're our family and shouldn't we like just be working Take as a family to other. fucking fix this thing instead of doing this? I wouldn't pull a gun on my mom, right? Right. And, you know, if you're in a family where you would, I'm sorry, let's get you some fucking help. And just imagine if we came together as a family and really oriented ourselves to helping those of us who really need help because of fucking PTSD and trauma, mm. crazy life situations, you know, crazy family situations. We oriented all that money that we're spending. You know, we spend half of the GDP of the world nearly on on defense in America. Mm. And imagine if we were spending half the GDP in the world on planting fruit trees and olive trees yeah. and, and food forests in cities mm. and medicine for people and education. And instead of a bunch of cops protecting property rights, what if we had... We had people maybe who still were armed and were, were in charge of protecting the peace, but were really focused on getting people to proper trauma care services and really sorting out. Because most of the time the cops are called as babysitters or, or domestic uh, you know, therapists. And like, why don't we start getting social workers routed to them? And it just seems to me like the resources are there. We're just not pointing them the right way. Yeah. I wish we could see accounting for all of our tax money, where it all goes to, you know? Well, you could, remember the, the national debt clock? The debt clock. So if you Google the national debt oh. clock, it has... Gross. Real time, the debt spinning, what each All citizen owes, what we're spending on defense, what the world's Welfare. spending on this, and you just roll down this. It's oh just like the, God, just this <laughs> scary web page of numbers. Yeah, that is scary. It is. It literally, you just and you just watch it spin, and it's like how much we we each owe like two hundred thirty thousand bucks or something. Like, but what I just get FYI, really, FYI, Eric, I, you I get you, really you owe two hundred thirty thousand dollars to the world. I got real excited about the hemp industry because I thought that. I even invested in a, a, a hemp business up in Oregon. It just went bust. We didn't do anything. Uh, anyways, um, but I would like to see a lot more industrial hemp coming out. And Henry Ford built a whole car out of, out of hemp yeah. in 1936. I mean, we didn't have to level all these mountains. And there's pictures of the old man smacking his hemp car, the back trunk yes, with, with an the baseball axe. Bat. The axe is b banging off the trunk. You mean we could have provided like a lot of people not uh, getting go. in accidents and yep. all that stuff, and so so hemp has been around for a couple of years. So I don't know why we still have all this, you know, Chinese plastic and stuff. I, hopefully we can hopefully anything changes. made from a hydrocarbon oil can be made from a carbohydrate hemp, and hopefully this all gets um, yep. turned around and we can you know make stuff in America all safe out of hemp. That would be great. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> the more we can make here and the more resources we can use. I mean, China is one of the bigger producers of the industrial hemp to make those products in the first place. Yes. It's kind of funny how much plastic we get from them and oil. Not the okay, back the, to the oil again. Choices. Yeah. yeah. Oil, but yeah. controls all. Um, you know, for for the West Coast market, it, it rapidly changed. It went from oil producing flour to, you know, now the idea of the smokable flour, which is, you know, a better version of some of those other, you know, hemp varietals that they had going. And, and yeah. you know, there's some people that have been doing some incredible breeding and it's... <clears throat> have you seen Atlas? Uh, no. Oh, dude, Atlas is growing crazy shit. Okay. Atlas, and then do you know uh, Alan Phelps? Yeah, I don't know him, but I so, know of him. Yeah. Dude, Alan got me these OG autoflowers. Yeah. That, like, you couldn't tell the difference. I have pictures I can show you. It was crazy. Like, perfect bud formation, perfect terpene representation, 
Like 100%. Those were actually THC autoflowers. They weren't hemp. So right, I guess right. I take well, that there back. are some of those, too. But there's the, the, the comp, you know, like uh, some of the stuff that we've came across in the judging <coughs> of the flowers also are um, companies that do hemp genetics as well. So, okay. like, you know, Mark Lewis has been working with the, the molecular farms and there's also the phytology. I've heard um, of phytology. Phyto, the phytofacts. Okay. And that would also be some of the companies with the NAPRO research and things like that that we were seeing on the, you know, it was like a lot of the winners had two or three names. It would be NAPRO research with phytology or oh. you know, molecular farms with. Because a lot of that was a, a was a brand and a geneticist and three, working yes, together. Yes, oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I fucking, somehow I didn't even notice that. And so basically they have some THC strains and as well as the, the hemp or the CBD versions for the smokable flower. And Word. fire, like you said, a lot of them yeah. smell and look like OG. Mm have a lot yeah. of lemon to them and just you know be like wow i'd roll one of these up and smoke it but you know uh it wouldn't pack the punch that we're used to <laughs> Unless, but know, still a nice smoker yeah mm. and especially imagine, if you smoke cigarettes yeah, yeah. yeah or if you're in a state you can't get any weed or yeah. you know it's legal they have dispensaries for this stuff too and so what really you know not that i'm gonna run out and smoke a bunch of hemp right now but <laughs> i'm advocating for it and the thing that really pisses me off I think is the cannabis people that were fighting so hard for legalization and then turned around and became the people that were for prohibition against the plant. Oh, because people didn't want the hemp to, to be grown because of uh, scares of, of pollination. Yeah, they were about pollen. pollen. Yeah. It's like, you know, well, okay, there were some mistakes made in the oil industry because they were trying to grow females too. They weren't trying to grow males for oil. They were trying to grow right, that makes plants sense. in big fields, and there were some males that got loose or got away and weren't noticed. The autoflower. Gotcha. Yeah. That happened to us. Yeah. And so... Um, now, when we take it to the smokable flower, people aren't necessarily trying to grow it as big of scale. They're investing in fancy greenhouses just like cannabis people are. Well, that's what you need is to have a man yeah. more manageable and crop. So now we're trying to go craft, like you know, greenhouse, wow. less potential for males than ever. And, and so, you know, maybe the argument's different now than it was before. And, and the last thing I'll say is that, you know, I just went to a seed swap in Humboldt. Okay. And to say that there's no pollen or breeding or males that exist in cannabis is yeah, crazy. So totally. It's, like, it's an unfounded fear. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's that thing that, I mean, I know people who were who were pirates, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, opened dispensaries and then started campaigning against like illegal weed and illegal dispensaries. Mm -hmm. And and so I think it's just that thing that people uh, just naturally tribalize and create in-groups and out-groups. And if I'm doing hemp, then weed's got to suck. If I'm doing weed, then it's so I think it's something that people need to fight against. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see you doing that. And that's something that, you know, I've seen yourself and quite a few folks who judge with me campaigning for kind of the right decision in a lot of these in a lot of these areas where there's a lot of kind of weird interweed prejudice happening. Yeah, it didn't make sense to yeah. me. Why be, yeah. you know, like fight so hard for one plant and then hate on another? Hundred percent. Same. It, you know, when we need all of them to the fix same. the thing so too, though. Cannabinoids. Well, and we need hemp for smokable flour to replace other, you know, uh, tobacco addiction and totally. for seizure control. So that one of our friends who was just here, mm -hmm. they do the CBD for seizure control, mm -hmm. right? So you need it for that. But then also, we need the hemp plant because we need to start making our paints and our resins and our carbon mm -hmm. fibers into hemp fibers, and we need to start down regulating all of these toxic chemicals and and replacing them with hemp based and other plastic based stuff but corn is actually far more water needy and far more pesticide needy than hemp mm -hmm. and um flax is a fairly good competitor but doesn't have the same fiber length and so so there's some advantages um over flax and hemp and seeds are amazing yeah amazing. yeah very much so so that's really that's what we need to be doing yeah 
Um, I think I'll, in general, people just want to grow plants. Fuck yeah. You know oh, I mean? well, all, all of ours came out, all, all of ours came out hot. <laughs> Anytime I'm... I love em- hot hemp, by yeah. the way. That's my favorite. Hot, it's nice because so, it's yeah. mellow, yeah. 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 I, 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 we look just like weed. It's yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I know a lot of people who made money off that in the drought the last couple of years. Yeah. The hot packs. <laughs> uh, hot packs. Yeah. Oh, this stupid fucking thing. Okay, we're down to two cameras again. I'm not getting up for a second. Whenever um, I get on a rant, you can fuck with it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, well, I wanted to... Um, Go over your background. Everybody knows Smokey Joe. People know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, we uh, as instrumental in the Light Dep um, arena, right? And I'd love to talk about that because I I feel like I'm myself and a couple friends were kind of uh, early on that as well. Fuck so pulling tar. That's a fun. Go that's see a Eric. Fun, <laughs> that's a fun uh, part. For, well, he didn't know. Now he's doing uh, cultivation consultation. Yeah. Um, it worked at Oaksterdam and is an Emerald Cup judge with me. So I'd love I'd love to fill out if you could maybe just kind of like whatever your personal history you want to share, kind of like. Your journey from from yeah. you know where you got to I mean where you started to to where you are now and I'll fuck with the camera while you do that. Yeah, I mean I can. <clears throat> I mean to sum it up, I mean I moved away from uh, my. I grew up uh, in uh, in a small farming community called Linden. It's uh, east of Stockton in California. I go through it every every time I go to my Calaveras. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so uh, Aaron, uh, sorry, Aaron Judge is from Linden. Okay, yeah, New yeah. York Yankees right fielder. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah it's it's funny. Uh, sorry, here you go, Joe. Good. Uh, my family's been there since 1862. It was one. What? Of, yeah, it's it beautiful. One, I love Linden. Yeah. All the orchards. It was one of five homesteads uh, that year. And wow. So basically, okay. They've been farming it ever since, and they're still there today. <coughs> but it was. I got into cannabis early in high school. And I could kind of see the writing on the wall for for my involvement in cannabis and the farm at the same time. Gotcha. Was good or wasn't going to go good. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, me and some buddies said, let's just move to Humboldt when we graduate high school. And so we moved to Humboldt, and I spent five what, years what year? there. What uh, year? 92. Okay, word. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cool. That was That's right. When I moved to, to right, I, I moved to LA 93. So, yeah, right on. And the weed was, uh, yeah, fascinating. It was... Uh, Weed spectacular school. it was uh 5200 a pound i mean it was, just, uh, it was obnoxious good times all days. the time outdoor grown up in the trees you know it wasn't in the greenhouses mm-hmm. and it wasn't in the fields yet they sure. put uh big uh, gunny sacks or you know burlap sacks in the trees yes the soil yep. and ran the yep. uh, uh, irrigation lines up the trees and so most of the weed we got at the time was tree grown and then uh i moved to tahoe Spent some time there, and then I came to Grass Valley uh, 22 years ago now. Wow. So yeah, 90... 23, almost 99. 99, yeah. Years wow. wow, okay. And uh, it was... Uh, and, and while I was in Humboldt, I learned about black boxing. People yes. were taking boxes and individually trying to dep a plant. Okay. And then I learned... I did that... Later on. I did that in Venice. Okay. I had to in Venice because because the, there were streetlights everywhere. Trash barrel. So remember how you told me that was dark. happening to you? Yeah. I was yeah I was growing a plant Forever and it was flowering. like flowering. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't flowering. Forever so vegging, I had to start sorry. I had to start yeah. throwing the box on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. And that's funny because I was light pollution control. Two thousand and one. Yeah. Why has he got green lights all over his property? <laughs> that makes sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just but no, it was exactly that. Great, it was the box that's technique. That's a great uh, yeah. story to black boxing because we're trying to make the plants flower without getting interrupted by artificial light at yes. nighttime. So yes. that's a great another story to add to the yeah. uh, to the toolbox. Yeah. Because uh, cannabis is is photosensitive, meaning that it actually has like a a chemical hourglass mm-hmm. inside of it that reacts to the amount of daylight in a day, and if daylight falls below a certain amount of hours per day that it triggers sexual maturity and flowering. 
or yeah. not se- sexual maturity is determined by age. Pardon me. It determines uh, flowering. Yeah. Uh, Plants and trees. Also. Initiation. Yeah. And so uh, I learned a little bit when I was there. And then after that, I heard about, you know, using black boxing, the old timers and Humboldt or triangle for sexing plants in order to hurry okay. up and figure out what were males and what weren't. So okay. they didn't plant anything and waste any time. And then jump ahead to 2006. Um, I had gotten my, I live here in Nevada County and I got my contractor's license for earthwork and paving. I always grew my own plants as my head stash, but I wasn't really in the medical biz. I had my own medical card too, to, to smoke and have my own since 99, but, um, I was doing the career thing cause I was starting a family. And so I thought being a contractor and doing the work was going to be the thing. And it was at first. And then, um, I came across the greenhouse company and they needed installers and stuff. And so Brian from vital, okay. He was the main installer for the greenhouse company at the time. Did he, was this before vital at all? Yeah, it was. Before okay. Vital. Wow. Yeah. It was vital landscaping wow. was his contract. No license. kidding. So okay. We got contractors licenses at the same time. We were buddies and so. Wow. We and we did a lot of jobs together. We did a lot of uh, site development for farms, dug holes, mixed soil, you know, raw compost, and all the ingredients with our tractors and shit before people were buying totes. Yeah, word. And, That's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nicely done. So um, about when he started the Vital Garden Supply thing I, uh, is when the greenhouse thing started kicking off, but he was already kind of doing the installing and was trained to do that. And uh, at the time, the greenhouse company was selling one type of greenhouse, and he was the one installer, and uh, no one was doing the site development. And so I got slid in to do the site development with my contractor's license and, okay. ex- you know, excavation stuff. So I'd go in and get the site ready, Vital would come in and build it, and then the grower would grow. Bam. Yeah, it was like that. And so bada bing, bada boom. 2006, I was doing the site development, but in 2007, as the economy was really taking a shit, even cannabis growers were starting to tighten the belt, and they didn't want to pay for the really expensive greenhouse that was offered at the time. Yeah, I remember uh, I looked at the Forever Flowering Greenhouse in 2007, and the one I wanted was $150,000. Yeah. And I was, bro, I'm, I'm such a cheapskate. I was just like, not even metal, bro, just PVC. Yep. Cut my own rebar. Yep. Two layers of six mil. Yep. And like, cool. Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's what I noticed at the time. And so I kind of went to the owner and I said, I needed, <clears throat> let me get some brochures and try to help sell some of these things. Okay. I know some people. Maybe yeah. I can, and that would get me more tractor work. But then I come to find oh, out a lot okay. of people that, you know, would buy a greenhouse and be like, I can do my own fucking tractor work. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, you know? That is a great thing about weed grows is they're they tremendously self-sufficient. Yeah. Because you don't need people showing up. No. So no. They, they, then I, then it actually kind of turned into a job because at the time the company needed somebody to be in sales and to do stuff like that. And so basically it was perfect timing for me to take the job and then jump on the tractor at the same time. I could kind of do both, but eventually the greenhouse company took off after trade shows and stuff and envelopes and doing all the shit that I was doing, trying to get attention to the whole thing and the concept of light depth in general. Yeah. It took off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're a grinder, man. You're a hard worker. Yeah. I watch your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Eric yeah, had yeah, Eric yeah. was like it was Eric and fucking Jocko Willink both, right? Who were like on the Instagram like three in the morning. Jocko Willink, that dude's cool. I love yeah, that dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's always posting his watch and Eric would always be posting like that. Was it the coffee machine? Like coffee yeah, it was the oh. coffee maker time. Wow. And I would just be like, You motherfucker, like oh, I'm gonna get it by eight tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it definitely inspired me and still does. Well that all kind of happened sooner because with the greenhouse thing, I mean you know, I'd stayed here in town and I did travel a lot, but it was more, you know, a, an event or a thing and it was quick. 
Um, and then uh, when I left the greenhouse company three years ago, people still wanted advice and information and right. things. And so while I was developing my company, I jumped into the boxcar thing with right you were doing the the About trim trim acquisition yeah, yeah that's right bro i was just i forgot all about that okay yeah uh, or cool. this last weekend hanging yeah. out with some of those same farmers and so stuff. that was in the initial mad dash to distillate yep which was what was that 2018 and then 19 was heavy and to 18 it started to kind of whimper off and by 19 it was, it was done we getting in the dust yeah yeah and so yeah, that was good timing to do that while i developed my shit and then in uh, uh march of 2020 right before the lockdown is when i started doing the out of town consulting up at four in the morning at the job right day kind of yeah thing. Nice. yeah yeah i was uh Super i was grind. i kind of got into so like just a similar thing where the moment the pandemic started i was having to fly everywhere yeah. and i got these two uh managed services contracts with the company i was director of sales for for hemp grows in wyoming right wow. and we had to like drive the seeds out there and and we had to kind of they they wanted to save money too so we had to drive out there and then uh, I was building out some cultivations in Lake County. And then uh, I also started, you know, again, because it was like. Allegedly. Yeah, you know. Well, it was, just, it was so funny for me because people were like on the old Facebook. And they're like, it's martial law, dude. You can't fucking nothing. I'm like, nah, I just like drove to the bay going 85, like hella dirty. And I just waved to the cop and just kept going. It's definitely not martial law right now, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's was actually hemp flower. It's game on. Just go out and say, uh, yes, it was hemp flower. I've yeah. never broken law. I only do legal things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a Boy Scout, actually. So uh, just like cannabis. Yeah. yeah. You just yeah, got to have a special piece of paper. In Wyoming. What's that? Was that hemp flower in Wyoming? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was hemp yeah, flower. Yeah. So it was uh, the first two legal grows in Wyoming, in Cody, Wyoming. A hundred acre uh, pivot, if you guys know what a pivot is. Pivot um, agriculture, yep, yep. and then uh, uh, yeah, the sprinkler. Yes, sir, mm -hmm. exactly. And then it was a thirty-two or thirty-seven, I say thirty-two acre, where they did the uh, the drain, the flood and drain. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's like they have these little metal pipes that are like kind of like almost like a like almost like a boomerang, and you flood a trench, and then you put the pipes so you like get the pipes full of water and put them over, and it's a natural siphon. It's a si oh, it's, wow. That's what it is. Is a siphon. Pipe. Isn't that so fucking I cool? I used to do hundreds and hundreds of those a day as a kid. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. I had to do Damn, well, we bro. I did. I did we like row crop. Yeah, I did like fifty then. or whatever, like fifty on a side yeah, once, yeah. and I was like, cool. No, there's a trick to it. There's a trick to it. Okay. You put the pipe all the way in the water as deep as you can. Put yes, your sir. Hand on it and, and pull put it out. your. A lot of people yeah. push on it and pump it. Oh no! Squirting out. Okay. That was the. That's kind of the. There's two methods to do gotcha. it, and depending on who you're working with, some yeah. people do the quick boom, and then other people do I, the. I did the submerge. Pump. Yeah, the submerge yeah. is good. Yes. Yes. But yeah, we'd have to do the V ditch. It was for row cropping, so you yeah. do the V ditch. You have to know the contour of the land for it to go the right way. Crazy, and right? Then, uh, you, after the ditch is filled, you you know, or or dug, you fill it with the water, and then depending on how fast you want the water to run. Uh, you use half inch pipe, inch pipe, quarter inch. Okay. Yeah, that know, makes that sense. Kind of mm. What a trip. Because yeah. you also have to do a certain amount of rows and know that you're sucking out the ditch and the pump can keep the ditch full enough. Because if the siphon pipes oh, okay. all of a sudden get out of the water, then they're not sucking oh, yeah. water anymore. Yeah. So you don't right. put too many pipes for the amount of so, flow that you have. So where I was, they actually had a 
river like a channel off the river so they didn't have to worry about the pump they just it was like epic glacier water 24 7 and you just get to open up the thing whenever you want that's sick yeah Yeah, i'm gonna go you guys just wrap wrap it out um joe's grown weed for his entire life as well and he's one of my best friends in the known universe okay um eric's been a judge for the emerald cup we've got a little bit of you guys take away i'm gonna get some water because i'm dying and i'm gonna fuck with his camera again okay yeah and i'm definitely gonna yell at anthony uh when i see him because what the hell is up with this? I'm paying exactly one T-shirt for this studio rental. <laughs> well, my money's worth. <laughs> what happened to the comic, the cartoon? Uh, the cartoon turned into a movie. I actually, uh, when I got to Venice, <clears throat> within three weeks, like I, I, I went out to Venice. You know, I, I don't know. I, I was like, I hit like thirty or something, and a bunch of stuff in my life was going sideways in in Boston, and I'm like, man, I, I. I I bought a ticket, went to Venice, and I'm like, I, w- I want to work in the movie industry, you know? And everybody's like looking at me sideways, like, dude, what do you know about movies, man? You know, it's like, I'll get you a job driving a truck, man. Come on. And it's like, nah. I, I, anyways, I jumped. I jumped on a train, 180 bucks, my bicycle, my portfolio, my camera, my Boston Red Sox hat. And uh, I was working for the King of B Movies within three weeks, Roger Corman. And I went, to, I always, man, I always love movies. and. I always went to him and, and dissected him, you know. Oh, that was done with the helicopter shot. Oh, my God, Dolly Ann, fucking zoom out, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, anyways, when I got in, onto the movie sets and started working, it's like, man, it's even easier than I thought. And it's so cool seeing, you know, uh, uh, people like work, Christopher Lloyd, he's right there, Stacey Keach, David Carradine smoking weed, playing a guitar, and it's like John Ritter's smoking weed, and it comes in. It, uh, yeah, it was badass. John really Ritter cool. was... Uh, right on a little street, right on a little street in Venice. Yeah. Not in Hollywood. Mm. Wow. A block and a half from the beach, and mm. it just looks like, you look over and it almost... Like, parking lot it almost looked like a burning man uh like depot before yeah, burning man because yeah, you yeah, see like a weird paper mache head or something or yeah, like yeah. A, a fake brick wall yeah what year and would this be i i i jumped uh in 1995 <laughs> i came to la uh in january uh, 1995 right after the riots i believe oh, i think shit. the riots were right there yeah so i i just jumped man uh and it was the best thing i ever did man i might turn my whole life around you know and sometimes it's like you just gotta go for your dreams or get out or move around you know like people like why would you ever leave massachusetts you know it's like fuck you know i don't know so anyways i I got there and started yeah just started working in the movie industry and uh and then i'm I'm like you know i'm painting all these sets and this and that and i'm like i'm gonna bottle myself out and i got a uh, screenwriting program uh, final draft and i just started bottled myself up and just started writing uh screenplays and then macy's called me up and i did a few sets for them and made some money and so it was pretty good yeah joe's a a, if you can oh let's do this bro oh yeah joe's an artist yeah Yeah, it sounds like it's awesome yeah so So, you telling about how bike man became a screenplay yeah well anyways bike man became a screenplay and you know then i tried you know shopping it and stuff and it's so hard you know it was hard to get movies made and stuff like that back in 1995 you gotta have a daddy in the uh in the business or something. That's why it's so cool today that any any ordinary yeah, look at that. Joe, Woo! camera two, like, wow, it works movies. occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's gonna be uh, our gimmick. Is just shit turns off and I gotta fix it while we podcast. Yeah, you can fix it. I kind of yeah. like it. It's like oh, it gives yeah. you like a yeah. like a behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> it's good. So I mean, you know, you don't need to go to Hollywood anymore to uh, 
to live your dream. You could live it right in front of a green screen. You know, it's like, wow, holy shit. It is amazing how it's changed. And yeah. I, from somebody that doesn't make movies and all that kind of shit, I don't, I can't tell how it's been made, what kind of camp. You know, a lot of people, mm. my son even is really into that kind of shit. And he'd be like, oh, this was, you yeah. know, he knows what movies nice. were made on an iPhone or this or that. or whatever. Oh, really? And every time I look at a movie, I'm like, looks like a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How old is he? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's 18 now. Does he have a camera? Oh, he's got cameras. And all uh, we need to. We need awesome. to come intern for us, bro. We need yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real. Yeah. For real. We need somebody. To do That's it. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's ours now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the sound went off. What do you mean we did half the show and the sound was off? Like ah, we're getting it. We're getting it. He's good. So so what's that one? Open that one and get that. Great. It was like uh, cool package. Like. Almost like ivy or something, like a crazy, like bitter vine. So I just went up to the re- you have to garlicky. And give it a squeeze too. Okay, like, yeah. Think about it for a little bit. Wow. I mean, this Let's is uh, it's sick. indoor, so I'm I'm it hesitant. Sick, I mean, bro. I love smoking indoor and I like it, but sometimes I'm hesitant to smoke Wait indoor a minute. because I'm a little bit more reluctant because of certain flavors. God damn! That I, I mean, get out of it, and so if it if I get those flavors, I'm like, oh, that bums me out. So mm. I just want to love it how it is right now. Mm. Um, but I'm tempted to smoke a little one with you guys. This smells old as fuck. Bro, like, is this is some old fuel? What? Is I this can't like a... tell you. I can tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. I went to the Regen conference, and so there's a guy on Instagram. Damn. Mr. Bob Hemphill okay. and his uh, wife, Elder. Anna Bolt. Okay. And I've known them off and on. I met them in Colorado, and there's people Damn. that have known them way longer than wow. me. Wow. Now it seems like I've known them quite a few years. Wasn't that a strain, Mr. Bob, or something? No. No, Mr. But, nice. uh, he's been a breeder, too. He used to breed with Bam and uh, wow. the guys at uh, Coastal Seeds in Santa Cruz. Okay, yeah. And he's been around. If you saw him, you probably know him. But he started a new cr- seed company called Cricket and Circada. Oh, Oh, I you. I'm like I saw that somewhere. You, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he took the old puck, uh, the original puck, and he's that. done all these crosses. And so this is red Lebanese cross with the puck. Oh, what? Yeah, this is dude. just amazing. Like Very that, just dude. In some blood. of the, yeah, some of the other it, stuff. That it he smells had was, like I it's mean, got look like at a look of it too. Like yeah. the citral OG. I took a. And Have you smelled that? Yeah, I've smelled the citral. <laughs> it's that's it's what it's going back into some of those, you know, older, skunkier, funkier. It's got like a garlic chem dog smell, but then it's got like a, like a spice market smell. You know what I mean? Lebanese that's what I'm saying. There, yeah. It's like a. What, what do you think Alec would say? Awesomeen. Maybe, awesome. Yeah, I mean, would it be? I, I, I almost want to save the bud and bring it with me or something. Oh Maybe. my god! But uh, you should save part of it, and we should smoke part of it. And there was, some, <laughs> yeah. I felt like I kind of leaned on some of the new age funk of the jars that he had because there was some older funk in there that I wish I would have got it's a amazing. sample of, but I just had to have a sample of this. Be one. nice to eat. And a pack of seeds I got. Nice. This, is, this is my seeds. new mustache. I know, isn't it? You get a pack of uh, seeds for that. Uh, yeah, I bought a pack of the oh, seeds. Wow. Uh, the cool thing is, is do you that, want? Do you want to smoke this? Let's let's smoke a little one. I'll smoke, smoke a, little. a little one. I mean, it just yeah. It's, I know. You I hate to break it up. It's intriguing as fuck. It, yeah, it's yeah. just very intriguing. Yeah. Well, like I said, sometimes when you smoke stuff, if it's grown different ways or certain things, it kind of. I like you know indoor I mean? if it's if it's if it's indoor that's grown like conscientiously high vibes, 
with a lot of attention yeah. and an eye on the final product, I think there's been then a lot indoor of can be good. I just didn't yeah. ask. I didn't even yeah. ask. Yeah. I just, I, this I looks like good ask. indoor. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's great indoor. I just don't like no commercial question. indoor, well, you know, smokes like a fucking them, soap nugget. There was some fascinating specimens in there that smelled good, looked good. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Breaking it up. Yeah. Kind of doing a little dance, and all of a sudden you were like, oh, Nothing. Oh, they didn't taste like anything. Like trash. Yeah. Probably Burnt 15. Not in the good burnt yeah. rubber way. Like, a yeah. so, like just a bad soap nugget plus maybe a house key. Yeah, black ash. Yeah. Wow. Burn. You're just like, how could this be? It's so gorgeous. And it checked off every box until you lit the joint. Yeah. And uh, that's the part that I'm saying. Like, oh, I don't want that to happen right now. Or I don't want that to. Yeah. I just mm. want to love it for how it is. Oh, yeah. totally. It's amazing. <laughs> also, it's weird. You can give the same clone to three different growers. And it all of a sudden it's like. Yes. It turns out yep. all different. The grow yeah. off kind of shows that. You've heard of that. Yeah, th- that is no. so cool. It's a competition where they give they go to different states too, and they give everybody two clones off the same. That's mob. funny because we talked about that before. And then everybody yeah. comes back at the end, and it's judged on terps and THC. Yeah, there's a bunch of there's a at, there's a total weight, yep. a best like a most terps, okay. uh, most THC, and then like a judge's choice kind of a thing. Okay. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never, but I just see the pictures, and it's like every bud's different. Oh, it looks yeah. totally different. Yeah. It's the same strain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. How about this? The big plant festival at Weedstock. <laughs> at Weedstock. Weedstock. Where's the that? big plant festival. Everybody, yeah, every man. farm has uh, a thousand gallons. It's in Calaveras box. County. Uh, Every actually, farm. no, I'm sorry. It's in Tuolumne County. Tuolumne. Is that the pumpkin festival? Uh, it's it's, it's our new festival we're having. It's oh, weed, yeah. Weedstock. Weedstock. Weedstock, California. Okay. Tuolumne. Yeah. And it's going to be the big plant competition. Every farm gets a thousand gallon box. Okay. And do it up. See who gets the most weight. Yeah, and then part of it is like getting the, the plant to the festival without breaking it. No, the, the, <laughs> the plants are growing no, right there at the no, festival. I know, I'm a fucker. And, uh, well, my, I got a couple yeah. buddies when I was just up north. Weedstock. They, they want to grow. 2022. They're trying for 20-pound plants this year. They've been trying. Wow. Plants, Holy so fucking a, moly. There's, yeah, I did tens. Joey, the Humboldt local up there, is, is <laughs> determined to grow a 20-pound plant, and I think he's already cracking Oh, my God. It's got to be from a blue dream, right? I don't, blue dream. I don't Barry know. Barry White, bro. You could probably, if you grew a Barry White under lights and started in like October, imagine starting in October oh my God. and then fucking growing that motherfucker under lights in like a thousand gallon tub. Oh I, I always heard about the 51 <laughs> day or Barry White, but I never, I never grew Barry White. I don't think. Oh, dude, it was, yeah, uh, no, you didn't. I don't think I did. Uh, but it's a 51 day. What happened right? when, so what happened was, remember the year that I was at the studio in Manhattan Beach and you would come by and visit? No. Yeah, you Wait do. Remember, I was at the suite at the Marriott Suite in Manhattan Beach. Um, I had the duffel bag yeah, of money wait, that I was wait. curling. Do you remember uh, that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you remember that, right? Oh, uh, okay. I was so then, so then we had it, right? But check this out. So this is this is a quick story called "How Much of What People Think in the Weed Game Is Total Bullshit." Right? Seed stories. Seed story bullshit number one. So here's nice. one, right? So I'm down. At, I'm selling this big wreck. We got this big wreck from from uh, near Salmon Creek, right? It was train wreck Afghani. We called it big wreck and it grew fucking crazy. Like you didn't have to stake it. It grew barely just enough leaves to do it. Perfect. Like the way you leaf a plant is how it would grow. I remember that one. That right. Was from, yeah. So, so we grew a fuck ton of it. And then my, well, my friends grew it and I was selling it down in LA. Yeah. Allegedly. Crushing. And then the next year, everybody had a problem with the clones and everybody's clones hermed. Mm. And we had thousands of pounds allegedly of this mm. weed for the movie that we're making. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I sold a bunch in L.A. and my friend sold a bunch in uh, 
in New York. And so then the next year, everybody grew a bunch and it was really good. But then nobody fucking wanted it. They were like, fuck that big wreck, right. dude. It fucking ruined me last year, right? Yeah. Right? Uh. So so my friend goes and and uh, goes snorkeling in the Bahamas and eating LSD and trying to figure out how to get out of this situation because it's thousands of pounds and they're all marked BW for big wreck, right? And so while he's uh, snorkeling, he just totally spontaneously on the snorkel boat is like, holy shit, everybody loves Barry White. Right. Very white. And the yeah. way the way I know this is true is because I went to my friend's house and, and before Barry White was a known thing or anything. And he was like, bro, great news. I'm like, yeah, what? He's like, we can grow the big wreck again. I was like, oh, fuck. It. He's like, call it Barry white. we just got to call it Barry White. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and so Barry like that's white. like straight up where that came from. Wow. And then the crazy thing is, like, if you look on Leafly or anywhere, everyone will tell you it's DJ Shorts Blueberry by White Widow or some shit. And it's not. It's totally oh big wreck from fucking Salmon Creek. Wow. So there it is. Wow. Boom. But, but you know about that, like just weed stories, right? I love weed stories. I was just gonna say, yeah, weed stories. I've got a great idea for you guys. I well, to give you a little context for it. So when I was up up north this weekend, I was at the Regen conference, and uh, it's a farm conference uh, based on regenerative ag uh, <laughs> uh, practices. And so it's three days, and they have speakers talking about soil. They had me there talking about greenhouses and and uh, uh, microscope work with biology, Elaine Ingham, and nice. you know, all these people are there speaking. And on Sunday, they have a seed swap, and so there are locals that show up there too, but there happened to be another seed swap going on the same day at a farm in, in Garberville that was also a regenerative farm, but it was shut down. So you could kind of go check out the farm, uh, an acre of Hugel beds, and they had a greenhouse set up oh, yeah. with all these, like, Farmers off the hill in their booths with other farmers off the hills. Oh, all the like a farmer's market. Up. That's awesome. But it was all that's farmers. Cool. It was yeah. the farmers within the farmers. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And it was a like the people, who, the people who also were growing produce and, and more. I mean, dude, there more, was just more like there uh, buckets and buckets of seeds. Like, it was insane. Wow. Weed? You mean like. It was weed growers coming out to hang out with other weed growers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was a seed swap in Garberville. Oh, but just for weed seeds. Wow. It was just for. Well, for, well no. You, I brought um, vegetable seeds. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's what I was wondering. So that's what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah, there's no question, but it was wow. really centered around mushrooms and cannabis. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> and so there was seeds. Like, I couldn't tell you the size of bags of seeds some of these guys wow. brought. Wow kick it and people down <laughs> packs and packs of seeds they're writing their names on them right then you know as they're packing them oh that's so and, cool uh, you know uh there was people there with products and other stuff but it was just such a cool vibe because it was literally farmers meeting farmers and it that's wasn't awesome like, you know it was in the middle of humboldt and so they're gonna have another one february 19th and uh what i was gonna say is is that you should set up oh and yeah do five minute like a sign that says you know, camera, no camera, five minute hill story. Yeah. Um, your best five yeah. minute hill story. Oh Weed, my God. Genetics. That's fucking you know, brilliant. Like old days, new days. Give yeah. me a five minute sound bite. That's it fucking brilliant. Or not. It could be anonymous and you could tape together like Bro, that, Chronicles w- w- of Hill Stories. I'm going to do that. And now you're the producer. That nobody yeah, yeah. It. yeah, that's your idea. So you now you're the producer. Sit somebody down and schedule a podcast. You're almost no. Like I, you got. I got. I can roll them off. I can roll yeah. them off all fucking day, yeah. bro. Yeah. All of us could. Because everybody was there telling story. Yep. You know, well, like we just heard a bunch of them. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Everywhere you'd go was another story about something. Well, I mean, that's what we yeah, do. We've is, got a bunch of stories. Yeah. Here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All day, bro. The uniqueness of the day sometimes, and just catching people. 
people spontaneous and being able to just get something organically and authentically yes. like that. That's a great idea. Probably get some gems. I'm yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. February 19th, yeah. we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Truth is crazy. But that's your idea, so you're the producer. Okay, we'll yeah. make it happen. Okay, yeah. I'm down. Make it 100%. Yeah, I'm going to check with uh, Joey that's putting it on and Boom. see. Oh, yeah, you can see there was a little sample from the conference right there. From the oh, yeah. Oh, I thought I saw a cap in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're in downtown Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you guys glad that we're in downtown Oakland? Oakland yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, no, wait. Outside. I'm sorry. We're actually in a boat. Yeah. Off how's international that thing, waters. That thing dry here? And that's a nice shiitake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably all right. I did your I did your weed a favor and rolled a semi-decent joint for once. That's, I, like I suck. Microphone. Okay. So who do you think is the best joint roller of the judges? Just let's put you on blast right now. Make some enemies. Man, no, I'm just kidding. I, mean, I honestly, I think it's Jessica, uh, Jessica Huang. Ooh. But Joe Sullivan says that he wants. He's coming on Saturday. Okay. Me and Joe are going to meet up with him. Uh, okay. Joe. It's going to be the fucking Joe squared. Okay. And yeah. then he's going to roll some joints, right? Yes. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Can you just uh, play the hand? I got to take pictures of Tom. Yeah, keep playing it. Keep playing it. Sorry, we got to do this real quick. Ouch. <laughs> Okay, good. I got a friend who's a cartoonist, and he's going to do a drawing of the two of us for what's good. Oh, cool. And I keep forgetting to do that. Every time I see him, I saw him today for coffee, and he was like, dude. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot right. to take the pictures. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> That's classic. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried the lemon tech when making? Do you make mushroom tea at all? Or no, I just usually do the capsules. Dude, uh, so myself or sometimes get some and and uh, and yeah, some people give them to me and so I just kind of. I did lemon tech. It was the coolest thing ever. What's that? You soak them in lemon juice before you make tea. Okay. And you like, the ones I get are pretty. Right I like from the, the guy. magic tea that. I and so yeah, that's the yeah, tea that I gave was you. Awesome. So you put the le- I put like eight lemons in about three ounces of tea. And just swirled it around in the pot for like five minutes. Mm. Just or just the mushrooms and the lemon, I mean. Mm. Right? I swirled around for a few minutes. Yeah. And it activates them. And first they like, it's like, remember those dinosaurs you put in water? Yeah. Like they get like bigger a little bit. And all of a sudden they look fresh and they look brand new. They look like brand new alive mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And then they start turning gray, blue, purple mm. from the lemon and interacting with the with the active alkaloids in, in the mushrooms. Ooh, wow. That's amazing. And then you make the tea and the tea is just like liquid lightning, bro. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm gonna try awesome. time. But yeah, you're right. Joe and Jessica, I'd say, are the top two contenders for nice. the best joint roller of the group, just because they seem to roll the most and they're nice joints. Their joints are perfect but every time. You might have to do a little inner judging and see, you know, like who rolls. Let's the judge the judges. One's tighter than the other and doesn't burn as good, or runs, or something. There's got to be somebody's that really. 